Welcome to Becoming a Good Therapist, a podcast all about helping you build your confidence as a mental health professional, creating better outcomes for your clients, and really loving the important and life-changing work that you do. I'm Courtney Schroeder. I'm a limited licensed social worker, and I'm here to learn and grow right along with you as I share the lessons, tools, conversations, and steps that I'm taking that are helping me become a good therapist. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking all about nervous system regulation, exercises, and strategies. So if you haven't listened to the last couple of episodes, we recently went over some of the basics of polyvagal theory to give us an understanding of how the autonomic nervous system works. And then in the last episode, discussed what nervous system regulation and dysregulation are and how we as therapists can do things that naturally promote a regulated nervous system for all of our clients or habits that we can have in our work to send cues of safety to our clients. So that was part one of nervous system regulation, and today's episode is part two. So as we discuss some regulation exercises and strategies, please keep in mind that I do have a blog post for each podcast episode on my website um, in case you would prefer to read about the information or in this case want to maybe easily refer back to the list of exercises we talk about and those blog posts are always linked in the show notes. And as we talk about this, I encourage you to listen for exercises that maybe you'd like to try out for yourself, or maybe you'll hear some things that you already do, um, and this will give you a better idea of what's in your own personal regulation toolbox of things that can help you come back to your center when you're feeling dysregulated. As we discussed in the last episode, offering our own regulated nervous system is a key part of creating safety in session. So I hope that these will not only give you ideas of what you'd like to do with your clients, but also what you might want to use for yourself. So when we're thinking about helping our clients regulate their nervous systems, there are some things that we want to consider. So first, you may want to consider Which of the two main self-protective responses is the client in? Are they in fight or flight? Maybe their heart rate is up, their mind is racing, they're feeling angry or anxious, or are they in more of a state of shutdown, feeling like they have low energy, maybe feeling some hopelessness, or they're kind of withdrawn? Um, Because when someone has a lot of energy, like they do in fight or flight, some helpful regulation strategies can be geared towards kind of discharging and bringing down that energy. Um, But then when we're feeling a lack of energy, as we do in shutdown, we want to introduce more energy into the system, um, kind of stimulate and wake up the senses. So the second thing to consider is the level of intensity of the state. So if someone rates their anxiety, say a 4 out of 10, maybe a breathing exercise would do well to help bring that down a bit. But if someone is an 8 out of 10, depending on the person, that same breathing exercise may not be what's most helpful. So if you think about a situation where there is legitimate danger that may be bringing someone to that level of anxiety, maybe coming across a dangerous animal on a hike, asking them to breathe probably isn't going to be helpful, but what may be helpful is going for a run because running may perhaps be what they might do if they were in fact in real danger. 
And then third, we want to consider the fact that our physical health is strongly linked with our nervous system health and our nervous system's ability to be flexible and return to that safe and social state. So getting adequate sleep, moving every day, eating nourishing foods that stabilize our blood sugar are all really important. And without these, we can do all of the regulation strategies that we want, but we might still struggle to shift out of a survival state. So evaluating those and finding ways to make necessary adjustments can have a powerful impact too. So there's a lot of variation in what works for who. So really this is going to boil down to playing around with some different regulation strategies. So it's important to first help our clients learn to notice when they're feeling dysregulated. Simply noticing and naming is powerful. Saying, I'm feeling a bit dysregulated or I'm feeling a bit triggered or finding a little phase with language that the client prefers helps to bring the necessary awareness that we need in order to regulate the nervous system. And I usually like to ask my clients what, if anything, they already do to help regulate when needed to see if there's anything that they've already found um, that works for them that they would like to continue doing. So that might be listening to music or having a meditation practice, or they might tend to reach out to a specific loved one or friend. Um, And if they do have something like this, it can be part of um, that regulation toolbox that we had mentioned a couple of minutes ago, or things that they can do to shift how they're feeling. And then as therapists, we can provide some more ideas of things that they can add to that toolbox. So I want to share some nervous system exercises that um, I myself and my clients have found helpful. So listen to these and see what stands out to you as something that you would like to try out yourself. Um, Because in my experience, it's been helpful for me to be personally familiar with a strategy that I'm sharing, um, and it makes it easier to teach. Um, And so when I was just getting familiar with these, I think I had maybe like three go-tos that I felt comfortable um, sharing and teaching with my clients and then kind of building it from there. Um, But that's just going to depend on your personal preference and how you want to incorporate these should you decide to do so. Um, And so as a reminder, I'll have these listed on my website. Um, I'll link the blog post for this episode in the show notes if you'd like to return to it or see a list of them written out. So let's start with breathing exercises. Um, We can't talk about nervous system regulation without talking about our breath, right? Breathing techniques are important because our breath and our heart rate are really connected. So when we inhale, our heart rate slightly increases, and when we exhale, our heart rate slightly decreases. And when we can use this knowledge to influence our heart rate, we can change what kind of nervous system state we're in. So increasing our heart rate can activate the sympathetic nervous system and bring in more energy. And then decreasing our heart rate can activate the parasympathetic nervous system and bring more calm into the system. So knowing this, one of the most simple things that you can do is elongate your inhale or exhale when you breathe, depending on what you need. So if maybe in the afternoon after lunch, you start feeling a bit tired, you can do some rounds of breathing where your inhale is actually longer to help activate just a little bit more energy in the system. And on the flip side, you can, of course, elongate your exhale to help your body calm down a bit too. Um, You can count, maybe inhale for four, hold for four, and then exhale for six or seven, and then hold again for four if you'd like. 
Um, letting out a nice big sigh or maybe a few is another way to elongate the exhale and this is actually a way we kind of naturally will shift our state without knowing it um, maybe when we're stressed or it can even be a sign that we have already shifted states a bit like when we let out a sigh of relief so you can also simply match your exhale and inhale um, to bring a bit more of a sense of balance and ease if that's what you need as well. Another breathing technique I really like, this is one that another therapist told me about, is where you inhale fully through your nose and you fill your lungs and your belly. And then when your lungs are full, you take a second inhale through your nose and then you exhale through your mouth. And I recommend doing this anywhere from two to five minutes typically. So breathing exercises are great because they work, they're accessible at any time, um, but they're not for everyone. So we have other things that you can do too. So now let's talk about some grounding exercises. Grounding is great for just dialing you back into the present moment and feeling rooted into your body. And one exercise you can do is putting your feet on the ground while you sit or stand and feel the weight of your body in your chair and visualize roots going down from the base of your spine and mentally tracing how it connects to the ground. So if you're not outside directly on earth, you might trace the chair which rests on the floor which connects to the foundation of the house which rests on the ground and that connects to the core of the earth and you can feel how you're being supported by the earth and these structures and visually seeing those roots go down into the core of the earth you can also do this um, without the visualization and just focus on feeling the weight of your body being supported too. And if you wanna do it this way, you can even push your hands out against the wall or on the floor in a push-up position as if you were pushing it away. And again, just kind of feeling how it supports you in that way as well. There's also the 54321 technique and a lot of my clients actually really like this one. So this involves finding and naming five things that you can see, four things that you can touch, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and then one thing that you can taste. And you can modify this however you or your client would like. Um, maybe you do one thing for each sense, um, or maybe just five things you can see and five you can hear. In my experience, a lot of people, like I said, like this one, but I find it personally hard to remember like which senses go with which number. Um, so maybe having a little index card or a note on your phone to remember this one, um, if needed, can, can also be helpful. And lastly, for grounding, a simple one is also just stating some information to yourself about the present moment. So you might say the date, the time, the place that you're in, any other facts about what's going on right here, right now um, can be helpful too. So if a client is having some intrusive thoughts or flashbacks, this can be a good way to come back to the present moment. So the next type of strategy um, I want to talk about is temperature and water. So personally, I find water in any form to be very regulating, whether it's drinking water or washing my hands, maybe after a difficult session or taking a shower. 
Um, something that can be helpful for people who are feeling really distressed is immersing their face in ice water. And this is actually because of the mammalian dive reflex. So if someone is panicking and they put their face in a bowl of ice water, it sends the message to the brain that they're diving into cold water and that the body needs to really slow things down um, within the body to conserve energy. And what I personally recommend is doing this for maybe 30 seconds at a time until you start to feel a shift, maybe three or four times total. This can also be done by putting an ice pack kind of over your eyes and your forehead, that area. And water and temperature just in general are great tools for regulation, even if your client isn't acutely distressed. Another great thing to do is using the vocal cords. So humming, singing, even making a buzz sound are just a few. And in Resma Menicum's book, My Grandmother's Hands, he talks about these among many other regulation tools. So that can also be a great resource if you're interested. Um, when I was getting my master's, we were asked to read a lot of books, and this was by far the best one, in my opinion. Um, he shares a lot of really great information about healing trauma, about the nervous system, and really focuses on racism and racialized trauma, and talks about how addressing issues of racism requires us to work on the level of the body with our own unhealed intergenerational trauma. So it's a great book, just as an aside. If you haven't read it, I really highly recommend it. And I think it is very related to topics of nervous system, regulation, all of that. So another very regulating thing can be movement in many forms. If you have some excess fight or flight energy, discharging that through taking a walk, running, doing push-ups on the wall or on the floor, stomping on the ground. These are all ways to do that. And if you're feeling a bit slower and shut down, slowly introducing some movement and maybe stretching out some of your muscles can be great too. Stretching uh, the neck, the back, the arms, and the legs can really be a nice way to slowly introduce um, some movement in a way that really feels good. So yoga is great as well. Um, really let clients explore what feels good to them and how they would like to use movement. And so then finally, identifying a memory of a real place in time that you felt really calm, regulated, and expansive, maybe inspired, can be a helpful regulating tool. So get vivid in asking your clients to describe the sights, sounds, smells, and other sensory elements of that memory to really bring it alive. Imagine what you would see if you turned your head from left to right and looked up and down, and then name the memory and refer back to it when needed. Um, even having a photo of something related to this memory can be helpful to enhance it too. So those are just a few regulation techniques. There are many more out there, but I hope that gives you some ideas of some exercises you can try out yourself and that you could use with your clients. Something else you can just think about when exploring different regulation tools that you may want to use for yourself or your clients is what would I do if I were safe or not stressed out? How would I breathe if I were safe? How would I move? What would my tone of voice and my pace of speech be like? And then practicing doing those things can help to send your brain the signal that everything is in fact okay. 
So as I mentioned, this list um, will be on my website, so I'll have that linked in the description for this episode. And if you found this helpful, please feel free to share it. And I would love it if you left a rating and a review so that other people can know that they might find this podcast helpful too. Thanks so much for listening and I will see you next time. Bye.